we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Hervoye Morich, and he's in Mexico right now. But I've been on his show. The title of the show is Geopolitics and Empires on there in August 2022. And I reached out to him. I'm glad and delighted that he agreed to talking to me about some of the many things that are happening in the world. So he's really an ideal guest. Uh, he has the website geopoliticsandempire.com. You can see a lot of the great interviews he's done. He is a Geneva School of Diplomacy graduate, former professor of international relations, proud Croatian-American-Mexican, and with the assistance of experts from around the world, he seeks to critically analyze global affairs and is devoted to an examination of the perilous truths of our time. And he operates TNT Radio, today's news talk radio. So you can do, he does a lot of shows every week there. But uh, I was looking through his website. If you're watching this on Rockfin, you can see uh, his website with a lot of work he's done on it, a lot of the guests. But he also interviewed somebody, a very timely event now in American media is this going back to where this biological weapon or, or COVID started. He was one of the first back in January 2020 to interview Dr. Francis Boyle about that subject, talking about all the stuff that was forbidden for Bowton on American media, but now it's back. So there's a lot we have we can talk about. So Hervoye Morich, welcome to the show. Great to be on your program. And uh, I have to say, uh, I'm also a listener of yours. So I listen to William Ramsey uh, investigates, you know, when I'm eating breakfast or lunch, I, I, I've got my favorite podcast uh, app and I listen to everything in two times speed. So I'll throw up a, uh, uh, the latest Will, 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 William Ramsey uh, podcast, and I'll steal some of your guests from as well from time to time. And please do. I, and actually, the, the Boyle interview—I was the first to interview Boyle, uh, and that that interview went viral, three hundred thousand views on YouTube. Uh, it would have hit millions. And uh, I got the book right behind me, his his latest book that he published, Boyle Medi on Medical Tyranny. Uh, and the first chapter is a transcript. Uh, of that interview I did with oh, with him, so great. I'm actually featured in his <laughs> latest. Awesome. Book. That's very prestigious. He's a very uh, well respected academic in the states, no question. Yeah, and I think he's still practicing. I mean, he's still teaching law. Is that right? Yeah, he's still teaching at University yeah. uh, of Illinois. I try to get him on my program once a year, not not to bug him uh, too much. I'm thinking to to bring him back uh, on, but yeah, his biggest concern is. Uh, global scientific dictatorship, you know, that the WHO is now taking over and wants to set up basically, basically a biomedical global, you know, police state. So, yeah. right. And so the, I guess the vote was yesterday, right? Today is the 28th of February, 2023. And I, something happened in where you went to school in Switzerland, beautiful country where they want to be. I mean, imagine having this uh, small country dictating you know, biomedicine to every citizen around the globe. It's an incredible thought. It's an incredible power grab, right? Yeah, I, I haven't followed closely. The, I mean, we, we, I think all of us, you know, we we consume a lot of the similar independent or alternative media. You know, James Roguski, who's been on my, both on my podcast and TNT show, uh, he's the guy following closely the, the IHR, International Health Re Regulation Amendments and the WHO Treaty. Um I, I kind of don't follow the stuff too closely because my view is that it's sort of inevitable, um, you know, and, you know, we, we, we resist, we fight against it. Um, you, you, up on your screen, you see Alex Thompson. He's former GCHQ that I interviewed. He works for UK Column. He's, he's Christian also. And uh, he had the view that we are on this inev inevitable road towards world government because 
people get the government that they deserve. And you just look around, and I think he's got a point. You know, people aren't doing anything. They're being run over. They're, I saw a, a quote the other day from the, the White Rose on Telegram, that one of the stickers that said, um, if you're going to behave like cattle, you're going to be treated like cattle. And so I think that's his point. Since we're behaving like cattle, we're, we're being herded into this uh, you know, world government system. Yeah, no, it is remarkable. I mean, it's it's an incredible power grab. And you've seen here in the States, uh, many of our leaders have gone to Davos to meet with the WEF. It's it's an incredible act. Like, they're never prevented from going. So you've had these characters, the head of the FBI and, you know, some of these known political leaders, Gore, um, Kerry, have shown up there. Like, what are they doing? They're not representing the United States. It doesn't seem like they're representing the sovereign interest of the U.S. And that's probably the same with a lot of the people who are going there. So very uh, meaningful times, like a lot of things that are happening. But yeah, just, just on that, though, let me just, you know, this week what, what, what happens. I got an email from I think his name is Marcus Vetter, a German film director. Uh, he produced, you know, Martin Armstrong, uh, Armstrong Sounds Economics. Familiar. Yeah, he's he's been on my shows as well. He's got a big audience. He, so, you know, they made a film. He made a film, this this director, Marcus Vetter, called The Forecaster, about Martin, Martin Armstrong. Uh, you know, he was put in jail purportedly for a number of years because he has this program that can forecast the future and the CIA wanted it. And so he reached out to me, sending me an email, like if I would promote the film, you know, first 30 minutes you can watch for free and there's a promo code where you can get 30% off. And then I noticed, I looked at some of his other work and, and I watched that film many years ago. I bought it from him when it came out. And I saw that I didn't know that the same film director in 2020, 30 years ago, produced a film called The Forum on the World Economic Forum. And he worked with Klaus uh, and he interviewed Klaus and he was given access for the first time to the 2018 Davos meeting. And you see he's there at Davos filming everything. He's filming some of the conversations between the world leaders. Uh, and then at some point. They tell they give a sign and when they really want to talk about interesting stuff, they say, "Okay, get the camera guys out of here." Um, and so my, my my point was interesting something that happened in Mexico recently. So we've got these convenience stores in Mexico called Oxos, like Seven Eleven, right? They're literally Oxo, right? Oxo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're trying to break, break into the U.S. now to to expand into the U.S. But they got these Oxos everywhere, and Oxo, I think it's owned by this company called FEMSA, if I'm not mistaken. But my former employer, the Tech Demo Today, where I used to teach, one of the top schools in all of Latin America, universities, it's owned by FEMSA, which is an official partner and associate of World Economic Forum. And my former employer, the Tech Demo Today, was the only university in all of Latin America invited to the World Economic Forum this year. Only one in all of America. So they're, they're tight, right? They're official uh, partners. And so it just so happens that OXO last week or just a couple of weeks ago, they opened their first, the very first smart OXO with no people. You need a cell phone and a QR code to enter and you take anything you want and then you just leave. And they opened the first smart OXO on the campus of the Tech de Monterrey in Monterrey. There's 30 campuses. I, I used to work in the one in Guadalajara. So isn't it funny that the, the tech, which is linked to the WEF, uh, on their campus, they opened the first you know, QR code uh, without humanless cashless you can't even use cash you have to use qr code and smartphone and they're testing it and they say this could be replicated at hospitals parks malls in the rest of mexico so it's just 
It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because that's happening all around the world, right? These rollouts. They said it would never happen in the state. I just read this week. Ohio's going to do the first 15-minute city, Oxford in the U.K. I mean, it is really incredible that this kind of globalized uh, technocracy is being laid out. It's really something else. I mean, and really high-tech, yeah. And to watch it in real point, like most people don't have a clue. But if like like you and I, like we're in tune to this, you you can see it being constructed. Like my former employer, you know, where, where I used to work, they're, they're rolling it out there. And so it's, it's yeah, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> It is. It is really. It is really mind blowing to think that all this technology is coming out, five G, and just uh, really. I mean, we're on the cusp of a real technocracy, a biomedical technocracy that's going to just influence so many people. If it isn't already, I mean, I think that maybe it, it's going to become more advanced. But after COVID, uh, that's really or whatever. If it's still going on, I mean, what's your thoughts, kind of, in the context of uh, world events? This. What's happening right now in, in Europe and this kind of uh, do you think globalization is done? Do you think that how do you think it's going to kind of play out now that the U.S. is in a kind of proxy war with Russia and perhaps China? I think they're just reconfiguring. And what I focus a lot on is we had this spur, right, of, of globalization. And then maybe they hit uh, like a ceiling and now they're reconfiguring. And I think the goal for world government, the goal is regional unions. So it's, you know, supranational, the EU, basically. And I've been following the last months closely. And again, I use all academic sources. I don't, you, you know, use wacky 4chan forums, not, none of that. You don't, at this point, because at some point, they're going to have to openly reveal themselves. As we go into world government, they can no longer hide this. It's got to be all in the open to carry it out. And, you know, the Mexican president, AMLO, uh, I'm a Mexican citizen, so one of my three uh, presidents, back in September, he was meeting with Blinken, Secretary of State. And you can find it on the transcript of the official Mexican government website, where he literally said, we want to copy the EU model in North America and integrate Canada, USA, and Mexico. And then a few weeks later, you hear, hear Rafael Correa, ex-president of Ecuador, saying the same thing. He says, we want to copy the EU model in South America and create a South American union uh, you know, Latin American Union with a common currency. And there was an interview recently given by some, uh, I forget who exactly, some Latin American political person saying that us, you know, these 30 plus countries in Latin America need to come together uh, sort of a, as a way to be able to survive. And I think that's part of the globalism, globalization, where the globalists have created new rules to the game. So basically in this new uh, globalization or regionalization model, they're changing the rules of the game. They're forcing countries to group together into regional unions just to be able to survive. Like these are the new rules of the game. So you, you can no longer survive as, as a nation state. You have to become part of the South American Union or North American Union or Eurasian Union that, that you know, Putin and, uh, you know, Nazarbayev have been pushing my, technically my former employer, Nur Sultan Nazarbayev out in Kazakhstan. And so, and, you know, Daniel Estulin, the, the famed Bilderberg guy, he lives out in Cancun here also with, with me in Mexico. He's also uh, alluded to this as well. So I, I think the, the goal now is them focusing on regional unions, which would force form the basis then for world government. So I feel like we're at the end stages. 
how long it takes to form these regional unions, who knows, but I think they could be done quicker than, you know, what it took to build the EU. Right. I think there was a big vote that Biden agreed to or uh, signed or something with the North American Union, like something that's the to... DNA. It was called the Declaration. It's funny how they used it. To, you know, the, the biomedical theme, they're keeping with it. You know, the Declaration of North America, the DNA, I think it was last month uh, right. signed and basically, again, advancing this idea of North America. You got in 2026, three years, the World Cup will be held in Canada, USA and Mexico. Right. And again, that's part of that same agenda to culturally bring us together. And you notice economically, I think this was intentional as well. You need to mix up the populations, Canadians, Americans, and Mexicans. And isn't it interesting that COVID forced so many Canadians to flee to Mexico? Uh, And for economic reasons now, many Americans are fleeing to Mexico and many Mexicans are fleeing to the U.S. So it feels like they've been using um, the economic situation where they can uh, push inflation maybe in some regions more and, uh, of course, the COVID thing, you know, they left Mexico wide open, no uh, restrictions. Meanwhile, Canada was locked down hard. So it's like a pressure point. So almost like they're intentionally pushing the Canadians to flee to Mexico. And I, I feel like no, no one really talks about this, but I, I feel that this was also part of this agenda to mix up North America, you know, as preparation right. going into, you know, North American right. Union. I, I don't doubt it at all. I've a part of a long-term agenda. I don't doubt it at all. And I mean, you're hearing all these talks about repatriating businesses back from China to Mexico. Nearshoring. Yeah. Back to Mexico. Yeah. yeah. It's better. The world population is supposedly, I listen, I've been listening to this guy. We talked in the pre-show, Peter Zahan mapping the collapse of globalization. But according to him, like the Mexican workers work better than the Chinese and the uh, economics are better for international corporations. So you're going to see a lot of changes in the North American space in the next 10 or 20 years. Like if all those businesses come out of China. Uh, it's, it's good to be in Mexico now, though, I think. And, and you know, super low cost of living. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to protect the energy for now, at least the energy sovereignty. They just nationalized the lithium mines in Mexico, uh, lithium X. They're trying to keep the petroleum Mexican um, electricity water although the, last week uh, you know finally i've had listeners asking me like are they attacking uh supply uh, chains in in mexico like you've seen like in the us now in europe right uh, food production plants uh, energy plants and just last week i think for the first time three uh pemex or three mexican um you know oil facilities were set on fire possibly sabotaged and so they're they're also you know <laughs> coming after mexico Strange days. Strange. Can you imagine them going after the infrastructure of the United States? Like, it is something else. So I've never seen that many kind of suspicious events back to back to back to back happen in the U.S. So we're still seeing that kind of push, this push uh, for this kind of new man coming out of Davos. And it's not just that. Like, Schwab had the fourth, you know, revolution or fourth industrial revolution on his mind. How much of that do you think is really going to successfully be implemented? Like, are we really going to be a biomedical person with a mark of the beast or some kind of digital badge attached to our body? And I mean, how far do you think they're going to get along with that? Yeah, I don't I don't have an answer. It's tough. Um, on my weekly program, I talk about this a lot with Terry Wolf up in Canada, and he's not as optimistic that they'll be able to carry it out 
completely. I, I don't think they'll be able to carry it out as they project to us. You know, I think they exaggerate a lot, you know, like Yuval Harari, their, their high priest, um, and uh, Schwab and all of the others that, you know, Eric Schmidt and Ray Kurzweil and all these futurists with their singularity. They paint this frightening picture. picture. I don't think we'll quite get there. Um, I think it'll be like Soviet Union or a lot of these video games that I like to pay, play, these sci-fi dystopian games. You know, Half-Life 2 comes to mind, you know, City 17, where you've got elements of this futuristic control stuff, but, you know, it's like a dystopia. It's It's like mixed in with the dilapidated collapsing infrastructure overlaid with a with a technological control layer um and you know i recently as i mentioned i interviewed alex thompson G, former gchq who's a christian and he gave me some optimism where you know his point of view i i would agree that the you know like the end times prophecies that are talked about the, the mark of the beast systems has always been here like since the first century and it's just being repeated and over time it just gets the control system gets gets more uh, advanced and, and 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 more all encompassing. But you know he he was still optimistic that the we'd be able to have a parallel society uh, now even with this control systems. Like you know throughout history, many Christians or dissidents were able to survive outside the totalitarian you know Roman Empire, Holy Roman Empire, Nazi Germany, Soviet Union, and so. Um, I think they can get far, though. Like I just mentioned the, the example, uh, Oxos in Mexico. Uh, you could have the governor. All the governors are captured pretty much. Mayors and the governors in many countries. They could just snap their fingers and say, hey, to look what happened in Nigeria. Um, Nigeria was pushing the E-Naira, CBDC. 95% of the people rejected it. They didn't want to use the Nigerian CBDC. And then, you know, how did they respond? They were like, oh, guess what? No, no more cash. They pulled the cash. You know, they came to give some excuse. Oh, we're switching from old to new bill. No cash. So you got to use the CBDC. So they can create any pretext like that, where even in a third world developing nation like Mexico, they can just, you know, tomorrow, like with COVID, they said they told the governors, told businesses here in Mexico, if you don't force your customers to wear masks, we're going to shut, fine you and sh shut you down. Uh, so they can do the same thing with, you know, QR codes or whatever. So. Right. No, it's incredible. And that's Nigeria. So they're rioting right now over this whole thing. I mean, some of the videos are coming out of people just uh, incensed. But the cattle have to be moved to the new pen, right? <laughs> so it's interesting to watch it. It's, it must be strange for these people, wherever, you know, the uh, evil kingpins, you know, layer is, if it's in Switzerland, Davos or something. Like, it must be weird to just watch them playing around with these different countries like a kid plays around with an ant farm you know it's just sim like, city they're playing yeah. sim city with us yeah they're playing <laughs> sim city with us yeah with the serfs or whatever it's incredible to think about it because just from like my perspective i'm just watching these other countries kind of get manipulated whether it's the uk or france or something or or germany or the u.s and then like it happens somewhere else it's really i mean you're really seeing kind of the birth pangs or some kind of shift in tectonics of, of, of the way whole political systems operate would you agree with that yeah i think we're moving to technocracy you know if you, if you read people like patrick wood he gives really the fundamentals on technocracy uh, i've had him on my show and um you know the idea I, I think what they're trying to go for these elites is you know we've maybe mentioned this before 
depopulation. So lowering, and I don't like to use that term the way alt media does it. Depopulation kill everyone. I mean, they're, they're trying. It's it's a process, right? And I think their biggest way to do that is sterilization, not like just outright killing people, but just making people infertile, like children of men. So like um, in a generation or two, you know, th there's no more people because no one can reproduce. And so that's like actually the fastest way. It's it's the less least obvious way. But uh, going back to your point, technocracy that uh, and I prefer the term algocracy. So a lot of these folks in, in the study of existential risk, like uh, Nick Bostrom and you know, Phil Torres, I've got his book. Uh, let me let me pull it out. Here, here's his book, the, the End, What Science and Religion Tell Us About the Apocalypse. So this guy's like a hardcore atheist. Uh, Interesting. I, I'd, I'd say maybe even kind of anti-Christian, but I've interviewed him um on my podcast but uh, this was before my podcast started and i, I don't have a recording because it was bad quality uh but him and, and nick bostrom and their writings talk about algocracy rule by algorithm i think this is the best term you know i like to use algorithm ghetto which i took from edwin black who's been a guest of mine the jewish historian actually i got his book <laughs> as well where is it here um i've got a lot of his books war against war against the week you know how the eugenic stuff basically started uh, in the U.S. But um, so algocracy and, and they say that they want um, a world government. They spe specify in their white papers, a world government run by algorithm, this surveillance state world government controlled by algorithm. And, you know, technocracy talks about getting rid of politicians and then having AI software basically manage uh, countries, nations, supranational you know unions and i think if you pay attention maybe you can see signs we're headed in that direction you see a lot of these politicians that are being thrown you know um how do you say you know thrown off the bus or just you know gotten rid of all these trudeaus and all these people they're all disposable for the elites and um may, and then maybe the, the, they'll put in probably new laws like as as they're moving you know digital id or physical driver's licenses to um you know, virtual, everything will be virtual. You know, I'm a citizen of Croatia. And last year, I was fiddling with this. Croatia has e-citizenship. So you can just log in, print out your marriage license, your whatever, you know, papers. You don't have to go down to the government office. There will be no need for the local government office. And so I see, I feel like this is the the direction they're trying to take things. All right. So total digi digitization and then the AI thing, like you're already seeing it implemented. Like, that's how I get censored. Somebody's going, the AI, it's not an individual. They're going to find code words or whatever. And they've been doing that. The CIA has been doing that. They've been looking for code words in their phone calls or uh, what was it, echelon or things like that. And they can all get, you know, churned through some supercomputer to see if they can find some somebody nefarious, doing nefarious things. But it's becoming like, imagine just the AI intensity with this kind of, the ability to really kind of predict things or manipulate things. It's just really uh, a scary thought. Really. It's a lack of personal sovereignty is really kind of, it's not even just political. It's just like the individual will. You talk about the high priest Harari, like there's no free will. Well, is that what you're saying? Or is that what you want to believe? Right. Do you really think there's no free will? Or is that the way you want it? Where everybody just kind of does what they're supposed to do and lockstep like a dictatorship, like, the new techno technological dictatorship under AI is a hellscape. Wouldn't you agree with that? 
Yeah, and it, I think it's about control. I don't think it can receive. I I don't think it can become sentient. Uh, I think a, a few of these guys have alluded to that. You know, um, you know, Eric Schmidt pushes this a lot. Formerly of Google, uh, I think it's, it was called Alphabet, uh, one of the branches of Google. Um, and I, I think it is AI. I I think they sell this idea of it being sent, sentient, but I think it's it's just as you said. It's a it's a control a mechanism of control that allows them even farther reach, you know, back in the Soviet Union or even in the U.S. in the Cold War, you'd have to have actual humans listening, listening in on the calls. Like, you know, I've seen documentaries like in the 50s and 60s and 70s in the U.S. or Soviet Union or Germany. You got, you know, government agents listening in on calls physically. But the AI allows you to get, get, get rid of that where you can have a, a broader surveillance and then once you say you own in on something, then you can get the human operators to do, you know double check, so that they save a lot of time. And you know, just one thing that comes to mind a, a lot is is this deplatforming. You know, and I'm banned from Patreon and, and and PayPal. And the most recent crazy example for me was Jeremy McKenzie. He's a former uh, Canadian military veteran of 14 years. And Scotia Bank, I've got a Scotia Bank account here in Mexico. Scotia Bank called him up in, in last month and said, we're closing your bank account uh, in 30 days. You can't even come to the branch. If you come to any Scotia Bank branch, you're going to be arrested. And then he's called other banks. No one else would open a bank account for him in, 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 in Canada. He's got a mortgage, kids. Uh, uh, I'm lucky I don't have a mortgage. So, <laughs> so wow. you know. But, so uh, what did, just for him just saying something, was he was he a dissident? What's his thought kind of world? Yeah, for dissident thought crime. Thought crime. And uh, again, I think this is the beginning. This is just the beginning, and this is the future. Yeah. And it's gonna and and uh, it's gonna be for anything. You know, if you question the war narrative, if you question the climate narrative, if you question the gender, transgender, LGBT narrative, uh, you had a. I always, I mean, I mentioned a lot of these things over and over in my interviews. But in Colima, here in Mexico, uh, I, we go sometimes to Manzanillo in Colima to the beach. But um, there was a politician like two years ago. I forget her name. Uh, she was a politician in Colima. She would post on her personal Facebook quotes from the Bible. That's all. Quotes. No thoughts. Just quotes. And she posted uh, the quote from the New Testament that says, you know, homosexuality is a sin. And she got fired from her job in Mexico because she wouldn't uh, disown it. You know, and I think these are the ways that Christians or, you know, non-Christian dissidents will be um, penalized. You know, you, you don't subscribe to the official what the king says, his decree, it's just like in the old times. It's, it's nothing right. new. It's just technology. No, right. You know, back in the day, Alex Thompson mentioned this as well. You know, back in the day, you had to subscribe to the king's decrees. If you didn't, you know, you'd be punished. So you get punished one way or another, whatever it was. Kicked out, you know, expelled, whatever it could be. Yeah, whatever the punishment was. Yeah, so the, you're right. These things have always been around. Social security was a, a number, was a really serious means of control. Like just knowing everybody with a number and we can get into the whole 666 numerology that's integrated into that. I mean, I don't know how paranoid you are, but um, yeah, so we are there. We're there. And they like this whole chat. What was the the new AI that people could tinker around with chat? They, they realized it had a bias. It has like certain things. It has kind of a more, I guess, I don't know what you would call it, left wing or kind of, you know, current cultural bias against certain things. That's what should scare you. So, so people are going to put something in with an inherent bias of an inherent bias of its creator or something, which 
uh, you know, if you give power to that, that's even more scary. Like imagine somebody making some uh, non-human entity making decisions for you. Uh, it's really dystopian. I mean, you're. I think people are saying we're going into a dystopia. I think we're already there. It just hasn't materialized in its its uh, horrors yet. Yeah, I, I'd agree, and I don't even call call it anymore the, the the paradigm of left, right, or you know, left wing progressive. I just think it's I see you know it's either globalist or it's not globalist, and anything that's not globalist is more like I view as like conservative minded, you know, and because I feel like I feel like the divide is you know Satanist globalism versus uh, anyone who's not on board with this global Satanist agenda, and um, you'll be talking i think soon to terry wolf and he's the guy who he, he focuses more on this and i learned about it from him i think the whole chat ai stuff you know you've got the chat was it chat gpt ai so for text yeah, they've got the ai now coming out for uh i think even video and and and, and other things it's, it's kind of funny how they've come out all of a sudden you know is that a coincidence where you know all of a sudden at the same time you've got all of these free ai uh, websites and softwares coming online and he, he provided an interesting thesis again going back to what we're saying they want to bring in the digital id which is the you know the which is the digital passport slash social credit system think about ai where it's starting it, it could now create a lot of chaos this these ai systems and then the powers that be will say well look look at all this chaos this ai stuff is creating now we're going to need uh you know digital id it's like creating a problem and their solution will be because we don't know anymore, you know, who's writing what. Um, Terry made the point as well from a legal perspective, where if if uh, governments or whoever use uh, AI to formulate things, um, you know, it could be, you know, it, it can create in, in different ways problems. And then the solution would be digital ID. So we know exactly whether it was a human or an AI who put out this text or video or audio, you know? So I think that, that also, there's something, something to that there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, just imagine the manipulation. If you're behind the AI and controlling something that never sleeps, right up in 24 hours, analyzing data, analyzing what you do. I mean, it's, it's big brother, but like with teeth, like, I mean, they can just take your money away. I mean, I, the dystopia is totally real. It's really incredible. And I was uh, also the ability to data mine with that, with AI is even scarier. Like I've done a show on Palantir, Peter Thiel. And it was interesting. There was like those guys from Canada. It was uh, Rebel Media went up to Albert Borla in Switzerland. And they're, you know, to ask him questions. And he's obviously not answering anything, but he's walking. And in the background is this huge building with the Palantir sign on it. And to me, it was very important because it shows that they're gunning for the elites. They want the elites to use this data mining. And it's I think it's being used by so many people, intelligence agents, FBI, individual corporations to really put the zap on people and really get an idea of what they're doing and what they're thinking. Like, I'm sure Bill Gates is probably using it to see all the criticism of him. But just the thought that this kind of new technology can be used in fewer hands uh really should scare people it's a do, new political consequences of even third parties even non-state en entities using this huge massive corporations and stuff like that uh should really scare people like i mean it's it's terrible like 
Yeah, I mean, and you said OXO. I think the same thing is happening here in the States, whether it's Walgreens or something like that. Like they have these new places where they're going to watch you pick out your food and everything. So you're just a full commodity. It's, I mean, you're just a human resource in the worst way possible. It's really incredible. So people need to be really be wary about their the present and the future for their children. Like, wow, are you going to be part of this? Like some people will go into willingly. They will, it'll be like the matrix. Most you know, the one guy just, yeah. yeah. Right. Most people go. And, and uh, just in the last couple of weeks, I mean, we are reaching some sort of um, crisis point because I'm seeing now these UN people and other elite meetings, the clips are coming out just recently. Now they're in a hurry to censor, to, to create a global system of censorship, to regulate speech now globally, to have all governments now criminalizing uh, speech. And I feel like that's the final thing because you and I won't be able to do what we're doing uh, anymore there will only be one you know information gateway and they're, they're the, the person saying this they, they're they're worried because next year you've got the US elections you've got uh, you've got in Ukraine I think in Russia and like they, they mentioned like 20 countries are going to have elections they're afraid that you they some anti-globalist populate uh, politicians could get into power so now they're they want to close. This is the final hatch. And in my interview with Patrick Wood, he mentioned this like a year or two ago. And he cited uh, the book Political Ponderology. I got here behind me as well. <laughs> it's a great yeah, book. Lobazuski or what's his name? Lobazewski. Yeah, yeah, him. And I, I think it was him he was talking about where he's or was it Mati, no, Matias Desmiat who said uh, when free speech, that's the last thing that's shut down before the killing starts. And you think about in Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, whatever. When there was no more free speech, there was no one then to be able to to talk about what was happening or to fight back. And that's when the killing starts. That's when you're thrown into the concentration camps or just, uh, you know, the, the execution, uh, what is it called, uh, you know, uh, by firing squad or whatever. And so I feel and Terry Wolf also mentions uh, this, that if you think about it, it's it's you don't want to think about the, this level of evil. But once they globally take away free speech then they can have their way with us. You know, then we're like, I, I don't want to imagine where they're going to be. In, they're going to be injecting us, disappearing people, sending kamikaze drones like, uh, you know, the metalheads and Black Mirror after us. <laughs> I don't know what. Right. I mean, I've heard people to analyze that the whole country of the United States is just a big kill box. You know, one of these researchers, what was her name? I can't remember it offhand, but uh, she works with Sasha Latipova, where it's like, they're looking at it a much different way than you are. So if you're on a, just a control grid, who knows what could happen in the future? Um, so maybe our time is much shorter than we anticipate as far as free speech. I mean, that's the Constitution. They're, they barely even talk about the Constitution in the United States because I think it's totally intentional. They don't want people want American citizens to even consider their fundamental rights that people fought for and so that's all intentional they're putting people to sleep there's no doubt in my mind about that but i think think it is interesting that when you hear putin's speeches he literally like calls the head of like these uh western countries satanist he calls them like pedophile sympathizers and stuff like that and i think he's right like they are this is the satanic agenda and it is also another thing that's really interesting on your website um you have this uh, picture of, I think it was on, on the, the front of yours, which is the picture of the Lucis Trust. 
And after I'm done with you, I'm uh, talking to somebody about this woman on the Lucis Trust. I connected my about page. Uh, yeah, okay, that's where it is. I guess. Um, I was I I was at one of their meetings in Geneva. Uh, wow. It's in my bio uh, about geopolitics right, and empire. Okay, or just click on the about. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. That's the that's the pot. Yeah. It, you go down. There's a photo of a pyramid microphone. Go go up. It's it's a uh, higher up. Yeah, there it is. And so, yeah, that was 2009. Uh, and I was studying in Geneva, right across from the UN headquarters in Geneva. So Lucis Trust has got, a, they got three offices, New York, London, and uh, Geneva. And I attended one of their meetings and their office in that, in that image, it's, it's a, you know, um, office building and they've got their office on, you know, I don't know what, second, third or fourth floor or whatever. And then like on the first or second floor, there's this general use conference hall. I don't think it's owned by them. Maybe it is. I don't know. But we would go there for to listen to talks. And I just thought it was funny in the same building as Lucy's Trust. And you can see all of the microphones. If you if you look in the background, uh, the, the, the person, they're all pyramid microphones. And when you turn on the, 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 the microphone to speak, the capstone turns red and you talk wow. into the 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 microphone and you know I, I got the pamphlet from that meeting still i have it here with me this 14 year old you know pamphlet the the paper's getting yellow and it talks about prometheus and that lucifer is basically prometheus and i mean they literally view if you study their doctrine the lucis trust is a, it's an official ngo of the un and they believe that lucifer is the messiah that lucifer is the christ i mean the, this is their official academic legal doctrine I'm not making, you know, you just, it's on their website. It's in their writings. And they, they believe that um, Lucifer is the Christ. And that right. they say he's that, that this Messiah Christ, uh, Lucifer person is here. And they're preparing for his uh, imminent, you know, uh, uh, return and being made public. And that he will be the, the Christ to the Christians, the Maitreya to the, you know, whatever, Buddhists or something, and the Mahdi to the Muslims. So all of these world religions are waiting for the return of the Savior. But in the Christian, you know, theology that we recognize, this is actually the anti, anti right. Christ. Right. But, but they're, they're comfortable with you calling him the Christ, though. That's the trick, is you got to see past the language. Their Christ is Lucifer. That's the whole tricky part. Yeah, so I mean, for me, it was really something to be there, and that's a photo I took uh, at the 62nd World Health Assembly during the swine flu pandemic, which was wow. fake. And so I was there walking around. Direct Secretary General Margaret Chan, uh, she was right. You know, I could walk right past her, uh, and so I was in the, the the lion's den, and I just got a glimpse of it, and it made me sick. Like after, like I knew about all this stuff way back then that we're talking about now, and I just didn't have the stomach to pursue, uh, you know, employment whether in an international organization or national government, because it's all run by this, you know, deep state, international, you know, globalist deep state. And I just, I just was grossed out. I wanted to find work where I didn't have to feel like I was selling my soul, you know, to, to the devil. Right. I mean, it, I mean, this is full on Lucifer Prometheus at the Rockefeller center, the gilded Prometheus. And then you have like the meditation room at the UN, which is even, super creepy, yeah. even at the UN in Geneva, you can find the map. I would have coffee there. The, the coffee lounge is called the Serpentine Lounge, wow. literally. Serpentine Lounge. I, I mean, it's I can like, give you a million more examples of this stuff. It's right in your face. Yeah, no, it's crazy, and that's what these guys people do. Like, 
her the the head of the Lucis Trust right now or Lucis Publishing is Christine Morgan, and it's all meditation. They're trying to contact the Great White Brotherhood. It's people cannot believe this. Like the more like uh, you know non Christian or kind of uh, normal kind of worldview could not believe these people are trying to contact entities. But all the stuff that went to Alice Bailey came from some Tibetan master from the Great White Brotherhood. Like people would not believe that. That's what they think. That's what they think. So it's incredible. So the spiritual kind of you know, entity type of contact is real in their mind. There's no question about it. Yeah, you, I absolutely, you know, you're talking about uh, Bailey was influenced by Helena Blavatsky, the theosophist. And I mean, basically, it's Satanism. If you study the, this occultism, it's it's Satan. Like we were just talking about, they believe Satan is the savior. Um, and was my final. I subscribe to their newsletter to stay up to date with them. But they send every week, like they literally send in their newsletter. They're they're talking about this new group of world saviors, uh, where we all need to like meditate. And they say stuff like Davos is. They literally say like Davos World Economic Forum is having their meeting. We need to send. We need to meditate and and send like good vibrations to Klaus Schwab to make sure that the World Economic Forum is successful. And the UN SDGs are successful. It's in their newsletter. So they say, that, so they're promoting the success of World Economic Forum, UN SDGs, Agenda 2030, they literally say. And so um, they're like the spiritual um, support for the World Economic Forum and UN and all of this wow. stuff. It's incredible. Yeah, I've done also done a show on Barbara Marks Hubbard. Like she's fully involved in that new age, spiritual uh, automatic writing like it's incredible but she had a political bench she said all the christians have to go they're the ones impeding our progress well, i mean I, I just watched a fascinating documentary you can probably get him on pastor joe schimmel and he produces good fight ministries these incredible documentaries and he just did two two-hour documentaries on the marvel comic universe and he shows again documented primary source dr strange was modeled on Aleister Crowley. Basically, Doctor Strange is Aleister Crowley, and I no I, Iron Man is the son of the devil. Literally, like it's in the in, in the own the, the writers say it themselves. And my point here is, uh, he talks about Aleister Crowley, and in his own words again, Aleister Crowley wanted to bring about the end times, and then Aleister Crowley, I think, wanted to be like the Antichrist, um, uh, or you know to be there when the Antichrist comes. He wanted to usher in Satan's new world order. And then he passed. And apparently the Scientologists, uh, Ron Hubbard, wanted to do the same thing. He picked up where Crowley left off. And Ron Hubbard wanted to be the Antichrist and usher in, you know, uh, the end times. And so it's, I mean, it's absolutely mind-boggling. It's mind-blowing. There's a there's a sequence in Crowley, I have it in my book, Prophet of Evil, where Crowley said that he saw the future of his God being installed in power in the world and he was like excited about it like he had some kind of vision of it so he was definitely involved and in the book of the law there's this uh phrase like there shall be one who comes after so all the like high-end occultists see themselves as the one who comes after uh cruelly so bubber was definitely like that like that's what he thought yeah. i wonder who's the current maybe yuval harari is the current uh i don't know who is it who is it now <laughs> i've heard that he his he has kind of an occulted worldview i heard he, he believes in culling and stuff like that are you familiar with any of that stuff that is okay i have to go back and read his books now but like like the Colin Crowley definitely believed in it he always talked about humanity as cattle you have to get rid of the protestant christians and jews um 
and uh, the slave shall serve. So a lot of that outlook of cruelty, you can transpose it over the kind of view of the new world order. And uh, I, I, I the carbon copy. Yeah. I, I frequently mention jazz Coleman of healing joke. Um, I listen. I used to listen to their music. I, I've been to their concert 20 years ago. I saw a killing joke perform in Chicago and they're this like British heavy metal band that's influenced, you know, Metallica and others and jazz is, but he's an occultist. And he talked about how when they formed the band where they were living, uh, they were living in a building filled with Tavistock Institute people. And he openly admits that basically Tavistock was using them and music to re-engineer everything and to bring about the age of Aquarius and jazz. I mean, he's an occultist and he basically says that I've read in his newsletter or interviews that including part of his goal is to basically do away with Christianity and to bring in um, this new, you know, I guess, you know, Luciferian age of uh, new age of, of, of Aquarius. He's, he's Aquarius. said it himself. Yeah, age of Horus. Yeah, they're all, you, you can see that view on the real hardcore occultists. They all have that same view. They're getting rid of the kind of old world and bringing in the new world. Even by Bailey and these people at Lucis Trust, you were bringing in a new world. We're trying to bring in a new world. Crowley himself said, like, I'm going to get rid of Christianity, and then in 100 years, there'll be Crowleyanity. And uh, how much of that he succeeded in is maybe an open question, but there's definitely his influence is no doubt still around. In a political sense, outside, it's pretty amazing because people just think of him as an occultist dabbler or whatever. But he really had a kind of a political outlook, no doubt. It's scary. I mean, these loosest people. Uh, you should listen into the next show. It starts in an hour. I'm gonna have. Uh, we went through a lot of the videos and stuff, and they're not joking around. Yeah, interesting times, but I, I, I'm not scared though. I believe you know <laughs> in God, so I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting as they move forward. I mean, we're Hervoya. Uh, where's the best place for people to see your show? I mean, I know you have a podcast. You have TNT. You have your website too, with a lot of information. Yeah, the home is the website, geopoliticsandempire.com. If you type it into a Google search, it, I, I think I'm blacklisted on the Google search engine. Uh, and so just go to geopoliticsandempire.com. I try to pop out anywhere from zero to three podcasts a week, depending on how burnt out I'm feeling. And uh, tntradio.live, uh, the link is also on my geopolitics page. Um, I do 10 shows weekly uh two two every day from 6 to 8 p.m central people can call in as well we're happy to take callers and so uh yeah i, I it's, it's pretty much the, the same thing i do on my podcast is what i do on tnt and i got guests um some of my guests have been on both programs and so i, I basically do the, sa the same thing on, on, on the podcast as i do on tnt yeah we're at like 45 minutes is there anything you'd like to add or anything i missed before we wrap it up I mean, no, I mean, we've covered the waterfront. I don't know if you got any other thoughts, you know, World War III. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting future we're headed into and you can get depressed, but I, I think, you know, we should be optimistic. It's, it's, you know, I don't like to bang on, the, you know, bang on people's heads, but, you know, my, my white, there's there, there's this black pilled, you know, sense but I feel, you know, my white pill, the only white pill I feel there is, is, you know, having faith in, in, in as a Christian in, in, in Christ, because I don't see any other white pills <laughs> apart from that, because things on this earthly, uh, you know, on the earth is just not looking good. And I just see uh, uh, things progressively getting 
worse. And I don't, I don't have any time frames. I don't like people who say, you know, everyone who said this is going to happen at this point, uh, even, you know, alt media folks, they've been wrong. A lot of things have been hyped in the last couple of years that haven't yet come to pass. And it's just like, yeah, we can't predict exactly the future. We can identify the trends where things are headed. Um, but yeah, I would just encourage people not to freak out. Be balanced. You know, I get people who write me and they're like in their bunkers. And I'm like, that's not a way to live either. You know, you have to enjoy life, learn, stay up to date with this stuff, but also be chipper, be joyful, be be happy, enjoy, enjoy the small things in life. And it's it's good to have a good network, you know, get out. That, that keeps you sane. Because if you're just alone consuming this stuff, you're going to go crazy. You need to hang out with your neighbors, friends, family, go into nature, you know, that sort of thing. Agreed. That might be one form of a resistance, actually, is to try to you know, stay even keeled and enjoy the things that are out there, I think, and be with loved ones, family. I totally agree with you. It's uh, There's a lot here, but it is interesting. You kind of are in a time where, like, the book of Revelation, it's like there's little pieces uh, coming into view. Even Crowley, like, you know, he thought of himself as the beast and all that stuff, so. Uh, we're we're privileged. We're privileged to be, uh, uh, instead of being all depressed and black-pilled, I like to flip it around and just, laugh in the you know on my way to the gulag as i say just we're privileged to beta test the mark of the beast you know <laughs> so. like you're in the biblical times almost it really is and it's almost like i always liken it to the old testament where like the country of israel was up against these baal worshipers and Molech worshipers and things that god is saying no stay away from these people but you kind of see the same kind of really dark stuff at the top um so the past is uh, informing the present, I would say, for sure. But it's a great talk. It's great to talk with you. Super well-informed and tons of great guests, too. So people check out Geopolitics and Empire. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And you have tons of social media on there, too. So if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can send you something through the website or uh, Twitter. Twitter. Or like uh, you know, I'm, I got a pretty good on Telegram. There's, I think, 12,000. And so I'm most oh, wow. active on Telegram and uh, Twitter. Or, you know, contact through the website. So, yeah, happy to hear from people. All right, I'll have to check that out on, on Telegram. And, again, the name is Ravoye Morich. Last name is spelled M-O-R-I-C. And uh, Geopolitics and Empire. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks. All right, cool. Stay there.